0: sitting here in my own house, minding my own, business, minding my own Where
1: you been? I don't think you can I've been having a know.
0: hell of a time. <laughs> when I'm, when I'm bad. bad. And question
1: oh, I'm the period. The I get out of my way, because I've got a man waiting for me. You everything. Welcome to High Camp, the podcast where I try to watch all 406 movies from an out-of-print gay film guide before I die. I'm your host, Brian Rucker. And uh, it's not super hot today in my little office slash recording studio, which I'm excited about. And I bet my guest is excited too. I want to introduce a wonderful musician, writer, bicyclist, friend, Pete Burns hi thanks so much for being here thanks for doing this
0: yeah thank you for including bicyclists in my list
1: yeah well it's funny i literally have well i rode my bike maybe once since i moved in la and Mm -hmm. uh like where my car is parked um behind my house i kept my bike there for a little while without locking it and i thought oh no and i'll go back there and then eventually it was stolen
0: eventually yeah uh every bike in los angeles eventually will be stolen at some point
1: yeah and i used to ride in new york a lot uh but i don't know i think it's just such a driving city and i'm so used to my car
0: yeah yeah it's still very spread out i do think in like 20 years or so la is gonna look a lot different do you think i do think i feel like there's such stagnation i don't know i'm not i was I'm not optimistic about the future. in I am, general. I'm so optimistic about the uh uh increasing bicycle and scooter friendly streets of Los Angeles. I hope so. <laughs> and like theoretically yes,
1: I agree with you, but then when yeah. I'm behind the wheel of my car, I fucking hate bicyclists I know. and I want
0: to like
1: murder <laughs> them and I realize that that is not uh a good progressive thought to have, but I'm just being <laughs> honest.
0: For sure, I totally understand that and what I will say is as a bicyclist, I am the like most annoying kind of bicyclist to a driver because I will drive right in front of you oh, God. and I will feel not bad about it because that's the safest way to bike Yeah, is to bike in the way that you're most visible, therefore most annoying to drivers. Not like right into traffic the other yeah. The wrong direction. Yeah. Or like to be like weaving and kind of being like, oh, I'm not going to cause any problems for cars. So I'll just be like little old me and not be seen or heard. You want to be seen or heard. So you
1: take up an entire lane if you're riding your bike? On Fountain, yes.
0: Well, okay, on Fountain. Yeah. So
1: the local <laughs> street news, but Fountain, I guess you're just allowed to do that. You are, yeah, yeah, yeah. But any street, you It's you're, a bike street. Well, like, people will do it on Los Feliz
0: Boulevard, which I think is insane. That is insane. But people do it. I don't feel, I wouldn't feel safe doing that. No, you shouldn't. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <I>. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, <sighs> so we're going to talk about, a crazy movie that we just watched called Killer Nun. Yeah. By I don't even know the re- the director.
0: I should look that up. It was uh, an Italian gentleman.
1: Yes, some Italian gentleman from the 70s. Um <laughs> we'll talk about that. I'll go into a little more detail. But before we do that, uh this is a new podcast. It's called High Camp. I talk about gay movies. Uh the list that I'm using is from a pair of old film guides from the 1990s by an amateur film historian named Paul Rowan. And he created this list. Uh, Before we get into that, is there anything like you're watching now, either campy or just something that you're enjoying, could be a movie or a TV show that you think is, you want to tell people about?
0: Uh, Good question. I'm uh, I'm watching, I just started Pose on Netflix. Yeah. Which I'm really, really digging. Um So you're watching um, the first season right now. The first season, yeah, and I've I think I'm like a, a pilot and a half like through the series so far. So okay. very early days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought the pilot was really, really well done. The
1: pilot was good. I I really, really like this show. Pose. Yeah. I'm I think I'm caught up actually watching the second season right now. Yeah. And uh, I I love sort of the mishmash of tones that it because it's very it's mm-hmm. very soapy, um some of the writing is like a little on the nose the acting not all the actors are super experienced yeah uh but i feel like that just adds to the charm of it
0: yeah yeah i totally agree there it like production wise it's very um uh it, it's it's very elevated um but yeah i agree like the performances feel like a little bit crunchy and uneven yeah. at some points and i like it totally yeah
1: cuz especially i think now on tv and in movies and this actually goes back to killer nun like which is full of amateurish performances but yeah sometimes that adds to the experience and especially on yeah big commercial television you don't get that very often yeah and also like being caught up in watching the second season all of the actors um especially the trans actors that are on the show yeah have i think gotten I'm not not gonna say better, but like you can tell that they're more experienced and they seem so much more comfortable. Um, It's, it's sort of cool watching an actor grow while, while you watch a TV show. And I think, Yeah. yeah, they're, they're all, they're all so good.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I will say I was just recommended the show dark as well.
1: Oh, I've heard. I've, yeah, I've not seen that,
0: but I've heard it's very good. And again, I'm like just dipping my toe into it. I didn't even finish the first episode, but it's very, very interesting and weird. It, like it's a sci-fi time travel uh, thing, and it's, it's in German, right? But in German, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so I'm excited to watch that. That's cool. Yeah, uh,
1: I I watched Toy Story four. The other day,
0: oh, yeah, I saw that yesterday. what would you think i you know what I thought it was cute, yeah, um, and I liked it, but i and I did cry, but I wasn't it didn't stick with me, no, I didn't think about it at all after I left the theater,
1: yeah, those movies they're very well done, and I obviously they mean a lot to a lot of people mm-hmm. uh, I just cannot get any sort of emotional investment in those characters, yeah, it's weird, it's weird, like i I feel like a total monster sometimes when I watch the Toy Story movies or mm-hmm. all the Pixar movies. I always like them on an aesthetic level, but I yeah. never feel what I think they want me to feel in totally movies.
0: totally that's so interesting. I did um I did cry, but I felt like sort of manipulated into crying and yeah. I will say I always sort of feel that way with Pixar um besides for Wally, which I think is okay. one of my favorite movies of all time. yeah Wally
1: is is I think brilliant. Uh, I also really love Ratatouille. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. But I think that's because I'm, I I love uh, like fancy food and food criticism and and all that. And and rats. I love rats. (laughs) Um, But yeah, they, I don't know. It seems that they've, they've gotten so slick um, that they're like the opposite of of crunchy. We're not getting, I mean, I guess you can't in like a, giant studio animated movie but right right they're all a little boring to me
0: yeah did you like Coco did you see? yeah Coco? I
1: thought Coco was really cute I thought yeah um it was touching again like it's a kid's movie yes so, yeah uh, yeah. I feel like if I was a really little kid I think my my nephew who's two and a half uh really really loves Coco which mm-hmm. that age I, I think it would be too scary for me because there's a lot of death. Yeah. Imagery. Oh, that's
0: right. Coco is sort of a darker. Yeah. One. I was. I huh. mean, I was
1: scared of everything when I was a kid.
0: Yeah. I was scared of. Um. I thought my house would catch on fire. That's what I was specifically oh, scared of. As was a kid. there
1: something that you watched about like a burning house or?
0: No, but I watched like, both my mom and my dad. They're divorced, so anytime they had something they agreed on, I paid extra attention to it, hmm. and so they both watched ER. Oh. So I think any sort of, like, like life event that could land you in an emergency room. Wow. That's where my head went. Interesting. In some ways, yeah. Yeah, but that's, yeah. I mean, that's a... I feel like that's a normal fear. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I was super afraid, afraid of uh, ceiling fans
0: <laughs> when I was little.
1: Oh. Like, I think my parents had to take me out of more than one restaurant because there was a ceiling fan above us and I just threw a tantrum.
0: What did you What did you think would happen?
1: I think I thought either it was going to come down and chop me up or I was yeah. going to somehow float up and it would chop me oh, up. It would chop you but up. But it would end in me being yeah. chopped
0: up. Did you like hate that scene in Willy Wonka then? When mm-hmm. he like
1: that, it, floats up? It's funny, Willy Wonka to me... It was my very 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 favorite movie as a little kid. Yeah. Uh, but it took me several times to watch it all the way through. Like I was so, so frightened of it when my dad first showed it to me. I was yeah. probably three or four. And yeah, that scene, uh, the scene through oh the tunnel, the tunnel, and then Violet turning into a blueberry. Oh, totally. Um, totally. Those were so traumatizing. But I think later, because of that trauma it like the movie meant more to me for Mm -hmm. some reason. And it, it really held like, it
0: still holds like a really deep place in my heart. That movie. Absolutely. Yeah. I had a really similar experience with that movie. Like I, I, the first time I ever saw it, I stopped watching at the tunnel because I was like, this is way too scary for me. And then I remember the next, that was like a Friday night. And then the next morning I was like, no, I'm going to finish this movie. So I like started watching it again. And then, yeah, the violet thing was weird for me. And then I turned it off when Gene Wilder like yells at Charlie at the end. And I was like, this is not the character I thought it was. (laughs) And I felt like super disenchanted. And then I think I put it down and then came back to it like a year or two later and was like, oh, I really like this. Because there are that
1: character is it is trauma to to see an adult yell at a kid like that in a movie you don't see very often. Mm -hmm. And especially if you like my my parents if they yelled at me, that meant that they were really, really angry. Yeah. So I didn't, I luckily didn't come from a household where I was getting yelled at a lot. So I think that 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 is so crazy. And I don't, and, and to have purportedly sort of not the hero of the movie, but he's not the bad guy, Willy Wonka. Yeah. It's like confusing to not have those good guys and bad guys when you're that age. Oh my gosh. Yeah. In a kid's movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah, I think that's part of it. It was like he, in my mind sat in the hero role. Yeah. For most of it until that moment and i was like oh no this guy's bad news yeah and it
1: leaves you on an ambiguous end because charlie
0: gets the chocolate
1: factory but yeah like, what who is this fucking weirdo
0: right <laughs>
1: right uh wow yeah. yeah i mean nothing is gonna be like like no pixar movie is gonna ever be as deep and complicated
0: as willy wonka no no, no 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 but i bet you pixar will do a willy wonka at some point oh god i mean that tim burton one was Rough. I do not see it. I do not see it. Yeah. Mm, you don't need to. Yeah. I didn't. Johnny Depp would have been too scary for me as Willy Wonka. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess by the time that that came out, I was already an adult. So I was just like, uh-huh. whatever.
0: Yeah. No, I was an adult too, but. Were you? <laughs> yeah, How <I> old <laughs> are you? 19, 20? <laughs> yeah. I'm 19. Okay, cool. yeah. uh, As Lord says, I am 19 and I'm on fire. or so, She says something like that. Oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, she actually is 19. Or yeah. no, she's older now. But,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, So let's talk about Killer Nun. Let's. You chose this movie. I did. I sent you a list of 400 movies, (laughs) which is truly insane. I'm so glad that people are looking through it. But out of all of those 400 movies, why Killer Nun?
0: I uh, was raised Catholic. So 13 years of my life was like in a setting um, where I was very familiar with nuns, like from a very young age. A lot of my teachers were nuns early on. And, um, as a queer person, like growing up in that environment, as I've gotten older, like dogmatic Catholicism seems very, very scary to me. Yeah. And, um, so actually like any horror film that has like Catholicism, it doesn't matter how bad it is. I'm going to like go and see it and I will probably enjoy it. Um, like the nun came out. I was thinking of that. I saw. I was so
1: disappointed in that movie. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I loved it. Did you? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a great movie, but I liked it regardless. Um, and it's just like my mom growing up. Uh, she was raised Catholic as well, so she liked a lot of those, like goofy nun comedies. Mm. And I watched a lot of them growing up, and I don't know, my. Like Gidget? That wasn't. No, not Gidget. Not the Gidget, Flying Nun. The Flying Nun is, is the one field, I'm yeah. really familiar with. There's another one. Oh, I wish I could remember the name of it right now. I remember the stage play
1: um, Nonsense was really popular. Yes, but Nonsense I never saw was
0: really popular. My only
1: experience really with Nun, because I grew up like a secular Jew. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I was obsessed with the sound of music.
0: Oh my God. And yeah.
1: So, like, my. And it's funny watching Killer Nun. part of, Like I saw scenes, I was like, oh, they took that from Sound of Music, but I don't, it might have just been nun imagery. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Quite possibly. But I Um, always, I
0: guess, liked nuns or I was less scared of them than priests growing up. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, same in like, I, I, one of my favorite teachers when I was really, really So did you go to Catholic school? Catholic school. Yeah. But it was Sister Mary and she was like. This like tall, lanky, and like really sassy art teacher. And um, she was just so cool. And you would just like see her at school. And then like anytime else you would see her outside of school, she'd be like power walking around the town. Wow. you just like see Sister Mary in her street clothes. Um, so yeah, that's why I chose it. And I was like, yeah, like none, horror, sounds great. Yeah,
1: and you hadn't seen it before. I had not
0: seen it before. This Me was neither. my first viewing.
1: Uh... Yeah, I've this is my third episode, I believe, that will come out. So the previous two movies I um that people chose to watch I had seen before, so I was really excited to do one that I like had no frame of reference. Yeah. Um apparently, and I yeah, I just don't know about this genre at all. It's considered part of the non-sploitation genre. 70s. Whoa. And there were a lot of like Italian horror. So like Dario Argento was popular and uh, even in the books, High Camp, they talk a lot about um, a, uh, a lot of like Hercules movies and Tarzan movies that were produced in Italy. I think that was just a cheap place to, to make movies mm-hmm. at the time. And this was now I'm seeing the director, Giulio Baruti, also written by Giulio Baruti and starring Anita Ekberg, who had you seen her in anything before?
0: No, no, no. I like knew the name. Yeah. But- what else has she been
1: in? I think she she's most famous for La Dolce Vita, the Fellini movie. Okay. Which I've seen, I remember watching it at my parents' house. I was already an adult, but it's been a long time and I don't remember much about it. Yeah. Uh, but she was obviously this Swedish actress who I guess worked in Italy a lot and was a huge sex symbol, mm-hmm. I think after La Dolce Vita. And that was in 1960. So this was almost 20 years later. Uh, so she was she's probably only like in her late thirties. She's not super old, but I think for an actress, she's over the hill. right? And so I think she was doing a lot of these low budget movies. Um, I don't know that she was considered like the greatest actress. She was, you know, known for her looks. Mm -hmm. And so she probably wasn't offered like the most substantial parts. But so many of the movies in the high camp books are starring older actresses past their prime that are sort of, Working to work, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, these movies have, I guess, yeah, just gotten this big gay following after after the fact. Uh, I've asked other people to guess what Oscars th- their movies are nominated for. I can assure you, this was not mo- for any <laughs> Oscars, so we'll skip that section. Um, the other actor I recognized in this was Joe D'Alessandro who was a, like, Warhol beefcake superstar in the early 60s. And I think he was even younger than her. He was probably early 30s, but even he, I think, was considered sort of past his prime when he was making this. Yeah, Warhol wasn't using him anymore. And, yeah, he's one of the male actors that I guess was... Cast for his looks and and then sort of thrown
0: out to pasture, but he's still alive. I looked it up and like rightfully so. Cast for his looks, this guy is so cute. He's cute. It's weird in this movie. He is
1: to me less cute than he is in some of yeah. like um in flesh and heat these Warhol movies. He's he's very young and he's just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And he has a weird haircut in this movie. His hair's like the hair long. bothered me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it had a his weird ears. part. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, and you notice he's very, very short in this too, which I never really yeah. noticed. And he also like doesn't take off his clothes at all. I know. All we
0: saw was like a little glimpse of his chest hair.
1: Yeah. He would, there was the one scene
0: where she barged into his room and he was yeah. like, his, his shirt was like half off, but not right. even really. So that's why I was asking about the, the naked guy and the hallucination. Yeah. Cause I was like, is that Joe? I don't believe so. In some random hallucination moment. Yeah, I think that was a different dude. Um, Because the body type, I was like, oh, that could have been him. Yeah. um, So let's talk, I guess, a little bit about
1: the plot of this movie, just so people understand what we're talking about. (laughs) Uh, There is a nun working in a hospital of some sort.
0: Yes. We were talking like hospital or psychiatric ward. Unclear. Unclear, for sure.
1: It seemed like... One of those sort of country hospitals in Europe that people would say, oh, I'm going to, like, the sanitarium for a few weeks to, to clean out or something. And yeah. And you sort of check yourself in and check yourself out.
0: Yeah. It was very casual. Like, everyone was just wearing their own clothes. And it seemed sort of catch-all. Like, there, there was, like, there seemed like a guy with mental issues. Was there, like, a veteran or yeah, something? Yeah, there was,
1: there was a a veteran was that the same there was also a guy who was like a socialist anarchist yes
0: um, a reactionary yeah reactionary
1: thing. and then there, there were yeah a couple there was like these weird old lady twins
0: yes there was a british like high class lady mm-hmm. sipping tea yep with very uh, thin eyebrows she always looked yeah. disapproving
1: so it's a, it a motley crew of patients and then we have this older doctor and then we have Anita
0: Eckberg who plays sister Gertrude mm-hmm. and, who is like the doctor's right hand woman. Or yeah. Like she's
1: that. a nun slash nurse. And then, and she, from the very first scene, you see her like fixate on this knife and like sort of go crazy. And you, you can tell right from the beginning that she has murderous impulses. Absolutely. Uh, and then she, there's also this other, Nun, who's like her friend slash maybe lover, who has this weird Liza Minnelli shag going Mm on. Yeah, she's sister Matilda or something.
0: Yes, Matu, Matu, yeah, Matu. Oh, I forgot to say this is this is in
1: Italian, but it was dubbed (laughs) in English. I think this is the way you're supposed to watch it in English. I guess is the only way to watch it.
0: Yeah, it was an interesting experience experience for sure.
1: Yeah, because you think of foreign movies nowadays are all sort of like the ones that come to America, at least are like highbrow art movies. And we don't really get the schlock that Italy or France is creating. And you know that they're still creating these, these shitty movies, (laughs) but yeah, you don't really, they're not, they're not like imported to America. Like I guess they were in the seventies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I was going to bring up the other, like the fact that there are certain scenes in this film that just for no real justification they were all in italian and then there were just english subtitles at the bottom so they just forgot to dub them yeah
1: there were some they forgot to do the adr on like a few choice scenes yeah so we yeah we would be watching it and then all of a sudden it would lapse into subtitles and people speaking italian for literally like 10 seconds yeah and then we'd go back yeah yeah i think that's just a mistake yeah but yeah why because this also was on amazon prime yeah I wonder who even owns the right to this movie. How is it streaming? Cause I, uh-huh. I always feel like a lot of these uh, more obscure movies, I'm going to have a hard time finding copies of. Right. And I guess some of them I will, but it was yeah. sort of nice that you could just, this totally. is, Oh, and also, well, it's not, it's the, uh, this, um, goes off of Amazon streaming. I think before this episode will come out. So, Oh no. Yeah. I think it said June 30th was the last day. So,
0: so this might be your only connection to killer nun
1: well you'll be able to find it i guess hopefully yeah um
0: can i ask a question yeah did you like the
1: movie oh yeah that i loved it i feel like all of these movies that i'm gonna watch i'm just gonna love yeah i and i'm totally not the type of person that's like oh this movie's so bad i loved it Uh uh-huh um it was just Genuinely enjoyable to watch. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, it's less than ninety minutes long. Yeah, Kill or None. It is exactly what it says it's going to be, <laughs> and it was just it's just fun. Yeah.
0: What'd you think? I didn't like it. Oh no. But I was like interested by it the whole time. Like I was like always fascinated to see what would happen next. But you wouldn't like you wouldn't say that you would en- you enjoyed watching it or you were having fun watching it. I had f- I had fun watching it, yeah, mm-hmm. but I didn't like it. Okay, is that okay? I guess is that okay to say? No, yeah. <laughs> I I guess I don't
1: fu- like I don't have any separation between do I like something or like do I have fun with something and do I like something or if I like something I just think it's good. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. Know. That's fair enough. But I could see, yeah, like I know I feel like my standard is different. Where I like like so many things. Yeah. Or excuse me. Uh I have fun doing or watching or listening to so many things. But you won't say that you
1: like it. <laughs>
0: Correct. Weird. All right. I'm just
1: yeah, I don't know. I'm just I, like is a high bar, I guess. Repeat. I feel like there are no guilty pleasures. Yeah. <laughs> just, whatever. Yeah. Uh but yeah, this type of movie, it I mean I thought it was well done for for what it was. Like it mm-hmm. it knew exactly what it was. Um and everyone no one seemed to be exploited. Like, sometimes with these amateurish movies, you're like, oh, does this actor, like, think that they're doing something that they're not? Yeah. And this movie, it seemed, yeah. it seemed like everyone was sort of on the same page. This is just a, a silly, fun movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I got that vibe, too. Okay. Yeah. Good. At least no one was being exploited. Yeah. I didn't really see that. Um, the only one who I was like, oh, she just seems always naked was... Um, that one Liza one Minnelli, yeah. was the Liza Minnelli character. Yeah.
1: So, and that's the thing with these movies are full of nudity. Especially, well, obviously just female nudity pretty much. Yeah. Like even yeah. there was one scene where, okay, so there was one Dick. Oh yeah. There was one Dick in yeah. a fantasy sequence. Yeah. Um, and then there's one scene. So the sister Gertrude, you think she might be murdering people and then she wants to get out of the hospital. So she, Goes into town. Uh, well, because
0: she wants morphine, Yeah, she's right? a morphine addict. Yeah.
1: And so she, the doctor won't prescribe her morphine anymore. So she's going into town to score some drugs. But then she also wants to fuck because yeah. she's a nun. Um, and so she finds some dude. She's at a restaurant in like a mall, I guess. And then follows mm. her. She goes um into just like a hallway. Yeah. And he follows her. But when they, they fuck against a wall, and it's sort of like a hot scene. It was hot. But he doesn't even take off his clothes, so yeah. you don't even see his butt,
0: no. which was disappointing. Yeah. There was like... Oh, no, no, no. There there was a shot of a butt in the movie, but it was a different... It was a female butt yeah. later on. Um, Yeah, you're totally right. It was just like... Yeah, it was like we're doing the dirty here in the stairwell or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And she... I mean, orgasms, they
1: just linger on her pleasure yeah. for a long time.
0: Yeah. So you're getting like
1: that male gaze because you're focusing on her, but then you're also focusing on her pleasure, which mm-hmm. I feel like you wouldn't always get in this type of movie.
0: Yeah, that's super interesting. Yeah, it was like, it was a really hot scene. Yeah. Um, And it was like interesting to me that that occurred pretty soon after we had learned that she was like maybe in this quasi- queer relationship yeah with the other nun
1: so the other nun they the room together nun. yeah and then when they're in their like chambers the the lies nun is always just totally n- naked totally and she seems naked. to be totally like sexually attracted to any mm-hmm. actor. totally and she is more uh she doesn't give a lot away she you don't really know how she feels she's sort of teasing her but they they never they never really hook up. in the No, they, they never hook yeah. up. Yeah. So the lesbianism is sort of implied, but you never see really anything. Right, right. Um.
0: So she gets back to the hospital. Yeah, then she it, like pawns a ring that she yeah. stole to make some money and then presumably gets more morphine. But then
1: it's established later that the Liza Minnelli nun was the one that stole the... morphine for her or she says that she did but maybe that's she was lying yeah
0: yeah Um,
1: maybe so then she like you see her shooting up and then people at the hospital start dying so yeah you see um a guy in a wheelchair gets like cotton balls oh he's because he's (laughs) fucking some other lady in the wheelchair she starts blowing him and then she like sits on top of his dick and then he gets murdered yeah uh, and then there's the, is it the veteran guy or the other guy gets like thrown out the window?
0: Oh yeah. That guy got thrown out the window. I think that was the veteran. Cause I think the yeah. reactionary is around later oh, Okay. On. Yeah. 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 Um,
1: and then finally the, the doctor who is, I guess sister Gertrude's boss, but then she is the one that fires him. Um, so he leaves cause he's sort of um. Susp- Uh, he's becoming suspicious of her and then a new doctor appears who is young Joe D'Alessandro. Yeah. And he also suspicious of her.
0: Yeah. Right. I guess. Yeah. He he seemed, he seemed, he seemed like uh, kind of like a floppy, like a floppy performance for sure he was checked out yeah also
1: it's weird because he's like an american actor who i guess was speaking in italian Italian, and then dubbed over with someone else's voice right and then i mean i don't know what was going on in any of those personal lives but i feel Mm -hmm. like if there was real morphine on the set he would have been the one using (laughs) it allegedly i have no idea
0: for sure yeah like i i didn't get anything out of his performance he i mean he's He's no Meryl Streep. He's not a great actor. He's very very pretty. He's very pretty. (laughs)
1: Uh, So yeah, there's this relationship. The people die, and you just think. Well, you think it's obviously (laughs) Sister Gertrude, because she like literally goes crazy every time she does morphine. Mm -hmm. And oh, she's also faking cancer the whole time. Yeah. Which is really. I don't know if it's funny, but it was funny to me. Wait, faking. Well, because faking? Yeah. Because. The original doctor tells her, no, you had surgery months ago. Yes. You have no cancer. Right. This is all psychosomatic. And she's like, no, I still have a tumor. I need the morphine for my tumor. And I thought it was just to feed her habit. She was faking cancer. Yeah. But no one was believing her. So like, what's the point of even faking it?
0: That's true. That's true. A girl
1: in my high school faked a brain tumor. Are you serious? She was a Russian exchange student or.
0: Oh, yeah. Her name was Nana. Why? Why? I mean, Did she want the attention? Yeah, yeah.
1: So like we were in drama class together. And if something didn't go her way or she was stressed out, she would just yeah. go, oh, I have a headache. And you'd be like, what's wrong, Nana? And she'd be like, it is my tumor. Oh. And everyone was like, oh. I mean, we all knew
0: it was. I
1: mean, we assumed it was fake. Maybe she. I don't think she had
0: a <laughs> tumor. Who knows? This is like not even the same thing, but it made me think of a weird story from high school. But. We had this was my freshman year. There was a girl who was like maybe a junior, um, but she had like a prosthetic arm, and it came out that she had been um, stealing from girls' purses like while they were in gym class with her prosthetic arm. We we don't know, but she got expelled, and oh, then shit. like we started calling her the one-armed bandit. It's a great night. you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, we
1: never know what's going on in these people's lives. We don't know. Nana ended up getting deported. Oh, wow. But then I wow. believe her family was able to come back. This was also in the 90s. Okay. I don't know. Um. But I just thought of that with faking
0: a brain tumor. <laughs> I love like a young girl being called Nana. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, it's a, a Russian nickname. I don't know if that was like her yeah. birth name. But yeah, everyone just called her Nana. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so Sister Gertrude, faking cancer, I guess, to get the morphine. And then, yeah, series of deaths, Joe D'Alessandro. And then... Uh, and then the Liza Minnelli nun at the end calls up the mother
0: superior. Yeah, who by the way is looking at this illustration of a nun like against this fabulous blue backdrop. Did you catch this little moment? No. She was like, while she was on the phone, she like had this envelope open and she's looking at this like beautiful like cartoon illustration of like a nun with like this fabulous blue. Reminded me of like a Superman. Oh, sort that's of what logo. she was
1: reading in bed because she was like in bed when she. Was that, yeah, yeah,
0: but it was like this cool pop art oh, of fun. like what like a nun superhero would look huh. like. It was like such a strange choice. A lot of strange choices yeah. in this film, but that was one that I noticed there. Um, but yeah, I guess Mother Superior was in on it. Right? Yeah, so she, I guess, has the authority to
1: then in prison sister Gertrude who purportedly has committed all these murders. And she thinks that she, cause she thinks she like blacks out when she's high on the morphine and yeah. is murdering people. And you're sort of thinking that too. Um, so she's dragged away to nun prison. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, Liza Minnelli keeps like beating her at the end, but then it turns out, through flashbacks, you see you sort of go back in time and you see because before you would see the murders and you would just see like the nun hands come and and do the killing, but you didn't technically know who was doing it. You assumed mm-hmm. it was Sister Gertrude, but then at the end you see it was actually the Liza Minnelli nun who uh, was committing all these murders and got away with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, she certainly got away with it. Yeah, that that Liza Minnelli character is so interesting because. Okay, so here's here's where I'm starting to think. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to think like okay, her her lesbianism in this film, Lies's lesbianism is performative. Oh. So that she can sort of manipulate Sister Gertrude. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I
1: agree with you. I I mean, this is like it was like a st- a stupid twist, but I was so t- totally Con by it like I was not expecting I
0: was too yeah it was yeah. really well done yeah yeah it was a good
1: twist but yeah so throughout the whole movie um you think the Liza Minnelli nun wants to be with with Anita Ekberg and that's yeah that's their deal but and she's the one sort of helping her but she obviously has been manipulating her the whole time yeah so why they they don't really go into like why she's murderous at the end well she has that confession
0: scene yeah where was something about like her grandfather molesting her well i think i think that's what it, like the last scene that confession was like a bookend with the very beginning yeah where you see her in the confessional or you hear a confession you hear, and you don't know and you don't know who's doing is. the confession right. but the confession is all about how um she's been raped or taken advantage of yeah by men and maybe you're right maybe it was her grandfather i couldn't remember specifically
1: yeah i could never because she said grandfather but then i wasn't sure if that was just mm-hmm. a title like mother right. superior was yeah it? yeah
0: yeah but then we see like all the all the victims in the movie who are killed are sort of like these creepier older men except for i guess that woman towards the end oh who gets killed
1: yeah, but she, I guess, gets killed because she knows too much. She knows too much.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: and it was interesting. Well, now it makes sense though, because the the one the um the anarchist guy who's crippled Anita Ekberg doesn't kill. She like traps and right. drugs, and you're like, well, why doesn't she just kill him if she's killing everyone else? But then it turns out she's not killing yeah. everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but because uh, there's a scene where they're all. Like in a field trip uh, on a lawn and they play a game and one of the people is one of the patients is just like, oh, did you kill all these people? Yeah. And she's like, what the fuck are you saying? And yeah. then she
0: traps him. She traps him.
1: Uh, So what is your relationship to old gay movies like this type of or not even just necessarily this type of movie but like the sort of history of of like camp classics
0: i i'm like a complete newbie i have no idea i have no idea what i'm talking about that's great (laughs) yeah like this is the first time that i've like consciously been like i'm gonna watch old camp okay movie um and i might have i might have seen other movies on this list yeah yeah um but i didn't go into them knowing that this was sort of the category or um genre that i was walking into yeah Um, and i'm like fascinated by it now now i'm like oh there's so much more yeah there's so i mean there's so many there's
1: i mean on this list and i feel like i'm pretty well versed in a lot of them but I've probably only seen maybe you know 20 or 30 of them mm-hmm. and through i guess some like reading or whatever but it was just i guess when i was younger maybe hanging out with like some older gay guys and they yeah. would show things to me uh certain movies like all about eve i was sort of obsessed with for a while and would you know go see them in the theater if they played um But those are, yeah, just, like, a few giant pillars of camp classics where these sort of genre ones, uh, I'm so glad you chose it because I never would have known about this movie.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah.
1: And, like, and I wonder if to the, like, generations before us were were these, like, common knowledge, were, you know, a group of gay guys sitting around and, and watching them a lot, or was it still even then for like super film
0: nerd people? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I don't, gosh, I don't really know. I don't really know. Like, I think like, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm so not an expert Mm -hmm. in this area, but, uh, to my understanding of it is that they sort of existed out there for film people and there was a lot of overlap between film people and queer people, yeah, and so just in the writing and production of these movies, like a lot of like themes just made their way in, and then it's only kind of like retrospectively are we like kind of looking through this whole like panoply of movies that exist and are like, "Oh shit, that really speaks to me, and I didn't know it existed.: Yeah,
1: because I, I think the idea of camp. At least in the modern sense, like came to be during like for the baby boomer generation or maybe before that. But looking at um, like their parents nostalgia with a wink mm-hmm. and then. Yeah. And then each generation sort of processes it differently. But yeah, as like queer people are more visible and you're allowed to write like pose, you're this is a whole show. Uh, pretty much of, of queer people, queer people of color mm-hmm. and like any other time in history, if you wanted to tell that story, you would have to code these characters and, and make it subtext.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: and like, I mean, I guess killer none isn't, it's not really subtext cause there's overt lesbianism except they don't actually show two women hooking up. Mm-hmm. So it is all like titillation. Of yeah. Yeah. Nud, like female nudity. Um, it's interesting to see a movie that has way more female nudity in it than male but is still like a camp classic for
0: gay men i guess Mm -hmm. except i've
1: never i never heard of this movie before you picked it so maybe it's not that much of a
0: classic i have no idea yeah yeah i know and i i would have no idea either interesting um but honestly i mean back then like i could 100% see myself like in the same way that my generation was like, oh, Zach Efron in High School Musical. I'm going to go see every single Zac Efron movie that's made yeah. after that. Joe D'Alessandro did one movie and was hot in one movie. I would have just been like, I don't care what movie it is. I'm going to go see this movie because he's hot. Totally. And it, yeah, his. I, I really want to know more about him because he had this
1: interesting career of basically being discovered by Andy Warhol when he was still a teenager sort of being thrown into one of Warhol's movies uh just like wrestling in his underwear mm-hmm. and then um later Paul Morrissey and the only reason I know this this is very weird is I was in <laughs> I was in a play about Andy Warhol and Edie, Edie Sedgwick when I was mm-hmm. like right after college uh where I played Paul Morrissey the like director that worked with Andy Warhol it was a yeah terrible play in New York the director ended up being um a serial rapist.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so it was, <laughs> but I like, I, this was the first time I was sort of exposed to like the factory people and like, rec- and I was, I became yeah. like obsessed with all these factory characters. Yeah. And yeah. Joe D'Alessandro was, I guess he's straight, but he made a career of being in these like campy gay movies as the beefcake. Yeah. um Not just for Warhol, but later like with these, I guess he lived in Italy and worked in Italy. But yeah, he never really had cuz you'd think he would be the type of person that would have like transitioned into more mainstream cuz he was good looking enough to right. like do sort of a commercial movie. And I yeah, I wonder why if it was like being associated with those experimental gay filmmakers that like prevented him from crossing over or it was his acting ability. I have no sure. idea. But he yeah. never he
0: was never like Robert Redford. Yeah, right. He right, just right. sort of stayed on the margins. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, like I, I could see that being it. Like, if, if yeah. he was most recognizable for like being in a Warhol movie or in a bunch of these camp movies, it was still enough of a taboo back then that, like, maybe, yeah, a Main Street movie wouldn't have somebody like him in it. Um, yeah. And also, I'd, I, I don't know anything about old movies and how this fit into it, but, you know, he's pretty short. Did that have enough? I don't on think, because I feel like most. Leading men are super That's short. I felt like, like Tom Cruise yeah. is super short, right?
1: Yeah, I don't think... I mean, who knows? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it has to have been his association with the... Because now, I don't know, like, the path to movie stardom... I mean, there is no movie stardom anymore. Mm-hmm. It's all... Like, everything is niche, and if you're not in a superhero movie... Mm-hmm. I mean, even people, even Chris Evans or Chris Hemsworth cannot open a non-superhero movie yeah. by themselves. Yeah. But like, if you were in, I mean, War all movies, I guess, were well-regarded within, like it is a is, they're very slow and they're very experimental. But like, I assume that they were cool. And like, mm-hmm. if you were in, if you were in those movies, you would be considered like a cool star on the rise or whatever. Uh, and now I feel like if, if there's any sort of, um, like critically acclaimed tiny movie where someone does a good performance or whatever, they're immediately offered
0: all of these big film and TV roles. Yeah, yeah. and like Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, totally. Like, you know, suddenly was in everything.
1: Yeah. Uh. But I yeah, it must have been some like his association with those queer filmmakers must have prevented him from if he wanted to. I have no idea. Hmm.
0: Yeah. And Anita Ekberg. Now I want to see, because like. She was, actually, I will say this. Out of all of the like crunchy acting performances, I thought hers was actually pretty good. She was very good in this. Yeah, I, was I just
1: loved it. Because she walks around, I mean, being high on morphine. And it's a hard part to play because you think she's like a murderer. And it's. Yeah. It's such a huge, like she has to go big. But I was, there was one scene where she was trying to hide. I forget who she was hiding from, but she was coming out of a a hallway and the person she was hiding from was walking through the hallway. So she sees him and then she has to back out, like back into the hallway to hide again. And just her expression, her eyes, she doesn't like pop her eyes or like overdo it. It's just a very natural performance under these like crazy circumstances. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And it's too bad I mean, aside from La Dolce Vita, I don't know that she got too many other chances to, like, stretch her acting chops. Mm-hmm. And, um, unfortunately, I read her, like, Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. She did not have a happy end of her life. Oh, it was no. one of those, like, she yeah. wasn't working very much, and she got sick, and she sort of, like, died, uh, home- not homeless, but, like, penniless at the end. And it was yeah. she was in her 80s. She only died a few years ago.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Um,
1: yeah. But, man, yeah, they, I mean, still in the entertainment industry, but especially back then, like, if you're done, they do, no one takes care of you. Yeah. It's yeah. super fucked up. God, Especially, sucks. like, you're in, I mean, La Dolce Vita is considered, you know, a great classic of world cinema. Yeah, and, yeah. And then you're just sort of uh, dying anonymously in Italy. Oh, God, it's so sad. Unbelievable.
0: Yeah. <sighs> um. What else? Yeah, I'm trying to think of like what other things from this movie that were like just strange things. That's oh, this was one thing I wanted to talk about, like the score a little bit. Like the uh, um, they had two sort of themes that came back throughout the movie, but they were so different. There was like this like kind of sound like whenever uh, a sister. not Guinevere what Gertrude Gertrude yeah sister Gertrude would like look at a knife or like see a morphine thing and would be like like she's (laughs) going crazy or whatever um but then when she's like shooting up the morphine there's like this like kind of acid rock 70s kind of like yeah I don't know like like, like sergeant peppers almost almost. Almost. yeah it it was like an eastern instrument but very reminiscent of like the psychedelic rock yeah. of that era. Totally. Um, it's sort of like, yeah, drugs. And were that happened involved. a few times. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, in that
1: <laughs> era, I don't know, like, cause this was the late seventies. Um, it had that, like the color palette had that washed out feel of like those weird, um, like British horror movies. Like have you ever seen the wicker man? I haven't seen that no. It's uh, it's yeah, it's, it's like this muted palette. And I don't know how much of that is like, just the transfer and how old the movie is, but it always seems like very sort of overcast. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. you think like the 70s psychedelia, it would mm-hmm. be super bright colors, but I never feel that with these movies. It's always, yeah. and, and oh, and the all the nuns in this were wearing habits just entirely white.
0: Yeah. Which I, I'm not sure, is that like a European thing or that's just an aesthetic choice you think? I think it's an aesthetic choice and it probably depends on like the convent. I think in Europe, yeah, it's like way more common yeah. to have like the white,
1: because it looked it looked cool like this was i'm sure a pretty low budget movie and the mm-hmm. if you look at the actual hospital that they filmed in there was nothing sort of special about the way it looked it just looked like an old hospital mm-hmm. but because the like the hallways and the rooms were were all sort of white just having the white habits um really was cool like it it, yeah. it sort of gave it this this like misty foggy atmosphere totally totally uh, and yeah almost all of it takes place in the um the hospital except for the one scene where she like goes crazy into town and fucks that guy Mm -hmm. and then the like scene where they're all on the grass having that little field trip
0: yeah um yeah
1: but yeah it's all within the confines and the yeah like we said the hospital was it was so casual we um i watched the movie suddenly last summer for an episode of this a little while ago and that isn't a movie that takes place in a sanitarium in an insane asylum but it was so um Like, it's all about this woman who's about to get a lobotomy, and it's, like, Mm -hmm. scary asylum stuff. Oh, wow. And this asylum just seemed, like, super fun to be in. I know, yeah. Except if you were getting
0: murdered, I guess. Right. Yeah, it seemed like an old folks' home, almost. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what the the correlation is between, like, well, mental hospitals and queer camp movies, because I guess a lot of... Unfortunately, queer people back then
0: were, uh, being hospitalized and receiving shock treatments That's, and probably lobotomies. Right. We're right. Yeah. I'm sure it was just considered like a mental disorder. Yikes. Well, I mean, it two, was yeah. well, and also we should say like the world health organization literally just three months ago removed, uh, like transgender from the yeah. like, like list of mental health disorders or whatever. Yeah. So we that- <laughs> have a lot of work to do yeah.
1: <laughs> and we're doing the good work on the high camp podcast. Yes uh, well, let's see let's um what so if you were to add a movie to the High Camp Canon? so like the last the last book in this series came out in 1997. The last movie that he talks about was 1994 yeah, so we have like almost 30 25 years to 30 years of movies that are not in this book. Is there yeah, a movie that you would nominate to
0: add to the High Camp Canon? Like this again. This is coming from somebody who maybe can't even define what camp is. That's Although what, it doesn't yeah, seem like. That's what this whole thing is for. Yeah, <laughs> we're trying to. Seems th- like a lot of people can't really yeah. define camp. Um, big fish, maybe. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not like here to to say yes or
1: yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are not you here for? Get out. Uh,
0: Big fish. So, all right, let's hear about that. Yeah, I don't know. To me, like. I, again, who knows what I'm talking about, but like the costume choices in Big Fish, everything is like to the nth degree. Um, and it's also really, uh, it has this weird, like, nostalgia for times that never actually existed. Mm-hmm. That I don't know feels queer to me in some yeah. ways. Like, it's funny, I, I think I did
1: see that movie once and I might have fallen asleep through part of it cuz I, yeah. I used to like love tim burton i remember um like edward scissorhands and yeah. those movies yeah. and then yeah, big fish never really connected with me but i do remember yeah. sort of the the production design and the aesthetics and yeah. i know a lot of people just really love that movie
0: yeah i truly love it 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 came out like the right time for me yeah. my my grandfather passed away mm-hmm. like 2 months before that movie came out and the character who ends up dying in Big Fish was just very, very similar to my grandpa. Uh-huh. Um and so, you know, me and my mom went to go see it together and it was his or it was her father who died. And so it was just like, yeah, we like loved it. It meant a lot to us and the character really resonated. But it was just yeah, it was like beautifully done and like so hyperbolic as so many of Tim Burton's yeah. Tim Burton's movies are. And his movies, I mean, I think in the last decade
1: or so, like he his <laughs> movies have not been Particularly successful, but he mm-hmm. built his career on. I mean, he's like this straight dude from Los Angeles, but he in his movies he talks about outsiders. Like yeah. that's what his whole sort of aesthetic is. I mean, I mean, ever since Pee Wee's Big Adventure,
0: yeah. So I think yeah. like
1: he definitely built up a large queer following. I know um, Ed Wood is listed in the, in this book, but I don't know if any of his others are. Oh
0: yeah, okay. uh
1: But yeah, I will have to go and rewatch Big Fish. Cool.
0: Yeah, check out Big Fish. I will.
1: Yeah uh all right well thank you so much for doing this oh my god Uh, thanks for having me this is such a treat and such a
0: good like venture outside of what i would normally do which is what i need in my life cool yeah Yeah. no i'm
1: i'm really happy that i'm doing this because i like i i've been doing another podcast for a long time which i love doing but it's with um you know we're two co-hosts doing it and we don't Mm -hmm. usually have guests on yeah and it like has been um it was just like a challenge and like I'm sort of scared of asking people to do things in general Uh yeah (laughs) and so it's sort of fun to like okay I have an excuse to like email people and to like yeah you know get them to come over and hang out and and do this and like we're yeah we're just all like learning about this together so yeah thank you so much for doing
0: this oh my god of course uh anytime yeah and um do you have I know you have something new to plug oh yeah talk about it yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I put out my first, uh, album, my debut album, it's called spots. My artist name is PB, uh, just the letters P and B. So if you search spots and PB on Apple or Spotify, you can find my album guys. It's yep. really good. Check it out. Thank you. Uh,
1: uh, well, thank you Pete for being here. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Ruckerbry, R-U-C-K-E-R-B-R-Y. And I might have social media handles specifically for High Camp at some point, who knows. Uh, so this will be out eh, middle of July, we'll hope. And uh, I'll let you guys know um, on the podcast info what our next episode will be. So you can follow along and watch the movies before we do. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you soon. Bye.